0: This is Kristen Nicole Young, and you're listening to the Headbands and Hard Truth Podcast. Thank you so much for joining today on this episode. I'm really excited to have um, this guest on today, and uh, we are going to be talking about the New Age and how it has been creeping into the church, um, whether we realize it or not. And uh, so we are going to be talking about that. And uh, my guest today is Doreen Virtue. She was a part of the New Age for um, over two decades, and she was a well-known author uh, and um, she was a medium and had, uh, she had angel card decks. And so I'm gonna let her share a little bit about that, but the Lord saved her out of the new age. And so she's going to be talking to us about, um, those practices and what we see kind of creeping into the church. So, um, Doreen, thank you so much for joining today. And, um, I would love if you would share a little bit about yourself and your testimony to let our audience know,
1: uh, kind of where you, your background. Thank you, Kristen. I appreciate being here. It's an honor. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Doreen Virtue, and I was um, radically saved out of the New Age without never asking for it. I mean, it was all God's grace and mercy, and it happened in 2017. It really kind of started in 2015 because I was, um, you know, those bumper stickers that say "coexist." I was like that. I thought all paths led to God. I thought, you know let's not be (laughs) narrow-minded that we're all talking to the same God. And so I was a student of world religions and I would listen to Christian radio, solid Christian radio. And then I would listen to a podcast from a Buddhist or, you know, a a shaman or a Celtic goddess worshiper. I just thought it was all talking about the same thing. Um, I've repented now. Of course, that's not true. Um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But at that time, Um, January 2015, I was driving and listening to Alistair Begg, as I often did. He was still one of my favorite pastors. And he was talking about 2 Timothy 4, that in the end times, people will want their itching ears tickled by false teachers. And what he was describing, Kristen, was when he talked about a false teacher, was he was talking about me. And I realized I had been giving false hope to people as a new age teacher. And, um, and right then, I, as I got home from that drive, I said to Michael, I want to start going to church. And um, he's like, sure. He was raised Methodist. And, but we didn't know what church to go to. We had been going to new age churches and uh, you know the false gospel. And so it was really this exploration to find a biblically sound church without us knowing the Bible yet. That's kind of hard to do. And so we we ended up, we started at Pentecostal, and then we ended up at an Episcopalian church for two years, which uh, we really went there because the people were nice. Episcopalians have this well-deserved reputation of being hospitable. And they are, I love the people still, but the more we were there and the more we studied the Bible, the more we're like, wait a minute, that's that's not what we just read in the Bible. So we left there after two years. But while I was at the Episcopalian church um, in late 2017, I just, I had this, uh, it was like the gospel finally made sense. They weren't even talking about the gospel at that time service. They were talking about introductions. As they were honoring a volunteer. So the talk at, at the pulpit had nothing to do with this. It was like I had this the veil lifted from me, like Paul talks about in the Second Corinthians. Um, the Holy Spirit just said, okay, here, because I had heard the gospel. And I finally realized in that one moment that Jesus is the Son of God, who really did die for our sins, and that the Bible is true. And that, that was, I know that's a basic gospel, but it was such a revelation for me that day. And I also knew I had to get out of the new age. So kind of to back up, um, I had been raised in Christian science, which is a heretical false religion. But because we went to church twice a week and I had a King James Bible since I was a kid that I read out of, we thought we were Christians. My mom still is Christian scientist. She swears she's a Christian. Um and I, I didn't know any better until I read the Bible, but that was in 2017. So I segued from Christian science, got two degrees in psychology at Chapman University and became a psychotherapist. Psychology is very new age. It's all about, let's make you happy. Let's fix you. You know, it's just a lot of real unbiblical premises. There are biblical counselors. I do want to say I believe in biblical counseling, but psychology is not it. And it's all about self-help self-glorification. And it made me ripe for the new age. What happened was I wrote a psychology book about overcoming procrastination. And I was invited to tour with a group of other speakers at this expo called the New Life or um, the Whole Life Expo. And it was a mind, body, spirit festival that traveled all around North America. Um, And about every other weekend, we'd be in a convention center and it'd be all these different speakers, including very famous New Agers that I started touring with, like Deepak Chopra and, and Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer, and just real famous psychics. And, and my curiosity got to me at those expos. I started going to the different um, booths that would sell crystals and and promote Reiki healing and yoga and chakra clearing. And I just started to learn as much as I could, because it seemed very exotic. And again, I was a universalist thinking all paths led to God so um the more I learned the more I, I started kept writing books and I started to write about chakras and and uh, all these things and I started to write more about angels because I'd had these mystical experiences and and pretty soon I got into tarot cards I mean the the new age is this this progressive path where you start off with something that seems innocent but you get Darker and darker places, and that's what happened to me. So by the end of, uh, right before I was saved, I uh, I was the top-selling author in the new age, and I'm not saying that to brag. It's actually horrible that I was. Um, I was uh, I had something like 70 products out in 38 languages. I was being flown around the world first class like a rock star, giving sold-out workshops about new age um, things and giving readings, and and I was a false prophet. Um, and and I never thought that I would be a born again Christian. I always thought born again Christians were narrow minded and fear based. I put them down publicly. I repent, um, but to I so this was not something I asked for. It just happened because of God. And now I realize I have such a burden. For people who are still deceived, and especially for Christians who don't know, they're dabbling in New Age. Because I can see it, like just like an ex-smoker can smell cigarette smoke, I can see New Age deception. Because I was in it for so long, so now what I do is I spend every day talking to people on Instagram messages about um, who are being called by Jesus out of the New Age. Or, or there there are still people selling my old products. I I mean I I had so many products out there. I can't. I don't have like a magical lasso to get them all off the shelves. So unfortunately, people are still using them. And when they contact me because they think I'm still that person, I share the gospel with them and it gives me lots of opportunities um, to, you know, just talk, tell them the truth. So it's been quite a ride since 2017. Lots of pushback, hatred coming my way, lots of slander and persecution, but you know, God gives us strength. So here I am talking about the true gospel of Jesus that he did really did die for us and that we're all sinners. Wow. Praise God for
0: what God has done in your life. And, you know, just the fact that you uh, give all glory to God and saying that you know, it. You didn't expect to ever be a born again Christian. You weren't looking for it necessarily. God radically changed your life. I love that so much, and I I love that you. Um, and I, you know, I know it's the power of God, but also I want to, um, you know, point out your obedience to Christ because with all of the hatred and the backlash that you get, you know, just want to, uh, as a fellow sister in Christ, just encourage you to continue marching on and pushing forward and with perseverance and the strength of the Lord, um, knowing that, you know, that Satan hates that you are a child of God now. And so there is so much pushback against that, um, that darkness trying to come in, but the light, uh, you know, the, the light of God is so much more powerful and so much stronger. So praise God for your story. I I love that story so much. I've loved, um, reading and listening to you talk about the way that God saved you, um, out of the new age. And so, and I really, uh, you know, want to touch on what you were talking about, uh, just about it, noticing it like, uh, like an ex smoker picking up on cigarette yeah. smoke is, you know, seeing it in the church. Um, and now I have, I don't want to say I've never dabbled in new age practices because I have been deceived by what I now realize are actually new age practices. And I'm like, God, I repent. Um, but is I am starting to see, and be concerned about what is being um, that, what is infiltrating the church and things that are not biblical, but have that truth element to it that are mixed into so many lies. That is, you know, just the devil's um, forte, the truth mixed with lies. Um, And so what are, what are some of those new age practices that you see that are coming into the church, whether people realize it or not?
1: Yep. Well, I want to preface this with a few things because what I'm about to say will offend some people, and I'm used to that. I would have been offended hearing this. Um, So first of all, um, I uh, I went to seminary after being saved, and I have a master's degree now in biblical and, and theological studies from Western University. And the reason I did that was because I was raised with the Bible in the false church, Christian Science, but I wanted to really learn how to rightly divide His Word. So what I'm about to say. Is based on me reading the whole Bible more times than I can count. Now I read the whole Bible over and over and over again, and um, and so I'm. I just want to say that that a lot of the New Age deception could not be there if people would read their Bibles and compare everything to Scripture. So if someone's listening to this and they disagree with me, they're welcome to write me on Instagram, and I will show them in the Bible what I'm talking about, and I'll try to do my best today. So. Um as you mentioned astutely Christian um the devil mixes in truth with lies he would not be able to market himself by coming out with you know just awful evil so he sugarcoats everything i mean it's it's genesis 3 it's that beautiful fruit that looks so t- tasty and and tempting that he tempts us with so um in the church i i really thought when i was saved that i would go into these really pious biblically solid places and I was so sad um, once I read the whole Bible to compare it to the church I was at and then other churches I visited um, how much unbiblical teachings and practices were in there that were new age but people were not aware so um, I just kind of want to go over some of the top new age practices I see slipping into the church um, and and they are the first one would be yoga And so people are going to get really mad at me and say, but it's just stretching, it's just exercise. Or they're going to say, I do holy yoga, I do Christian yoga. Look, you guys, it's just, you know, nobody says there's any such thing as Christian soccer, or Christian basketball. I mean, there might be Christian basketball players, but the reason they protest so much and try and enforce it to be called holy or Christian yoga is because they know it's not. Um, The word yoga in the ancient Eastern language of Sanskrit means yoke. And it specifically means yoked to Brahma, the Hindu creator God. So right Mm. off the bat, unequally yoked, right? So any Christian who's listening to the Holy Spirit would go, that's enough. But I get pushback from Christians who want to twist yoga and say, but I have, I, I do Worship music with it. I, I would never worship the Hindu create, creator god. Well, you might not think you are, but the demons, the devil, has been studying humanity for thousands of years, and he's he's an evil genius, right? And so, what I learned is that, and from this is from the Vedas. The this is the Hindu scripture, okay, as well as from Yoga Journal, the magazine of yogis and uh, former yoga teachers, is that each of the poses in yoga. Honors and uh, glorifies a a different Hindu practice or god or goddess or deity. Okay, so we know from the Ten Commandments what are we? We are to only have one god. We're to have no other gods before our god, and we're not to have any idols. But in yoga practice, there's this group of of poses called the Sun Salutation series. Even in the so-called holy yoga series, they do it. It's where you're standing, you're bending, you're pushing yourself up like a, a a cobra snake, and you're doing this one pose called Warrior, Warrior One, Two, and Three. In Sanskrit, that um, that pose is Virabhadrasana. Asana means pose, so it's the pose of Virabhadras. Who's Virabhadras? Oh, look, he's a Hindu demon. He's a he's actually a Hindu deity who murdered one of the sons of Brahma in this murder scene. And so, when you're doing Warrior One, Two, and Three, which is a a common yoga practice, you're acting out a murder scene. You are making your body and in the image of Badras. So you're using, it's, there's a violation of of the second commandment, right? You're making your body into an idol. It's the, it's, it, Paul talked about this in Romans one, you're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Um, it's just wrong. And then you look at other yoga poses like the uh, Shavasana, which is where you're kind of having a nap time at the end. And And that's the corpse pose where you're pretending to be a corpse. And the yoga teacher normally puts you through a guided meditation, ending with chants of namaste, which is the blasphemous saying, the God within me honors and and recognizes the God within you. You chant om, which is the sound of the universe, in quotes. I mean, it just goes on and on. No Christian should be involved in yoga. We can do stretching. Stretching's normal, natural. I think God wants us to stretch. It's I stretch every day. But don't do the yoga poses. A friend of mine who's a former yoga teacher, Caitlin Engelbert, has a free non-yoga stretching class on YouTube. I can send you the link for your listeners, Kristen. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, because she was doing holy yoga thinking, hey, I can do this as a Christian. And then the Holy Spirit convicted her. And she's like, yowzers, wait, I repent. I can't do this. This is, you know, this is strange fire that I'm mixing with. Yes. So, wow. so that's that, that's um it's 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 so people get into yoga. This is a study done by a woman, a professor named Candy Gunther Brown. People get into yoga for health and stretching and relaxation or socialing. But when that same survey checked in with people six months later, they were staying in yoga for the spiritual practice. It is a spiritual practice, it is not just exercise. Wow. I,
0: I've, and I want to pause right there for a minute. I know there are a few more, you know, things, or there's some other things to talk about with the practices in the church, but I just learned so much there too, because I, I had, now I've, I haven't done yoga before and that's not in a, like a holier than now, uh, thing. It's just, I don't work out. Like I'm just not okay. great at working out or exercise. Yeah. I just, so I've never, I've just never, you know, done yoga and so I. I but I've had friends or I've seen, you know, people do yoga. Um, mm. and so learning that and, uh, you know, having those explanations and, uh, just realizing the origins was um, very, uh, it was really good to hear um, what that is. And now as we, and whoever is listening to this knows that we, you know, we have to answer to God what we do with that information that we now know. Um, and so anyway, that was, that's really interesting that you shared that. Thank yeah. you for- that and
1: well i mean you know the in the epistles we learn that our purpose is to glorify god with our bodies glorify god is our purpose and that we are to glorify god with our bodies it is does not glorify god to mimic a hindu deity with your body and to honor a hindu deities with your body even if you call it holy yoga it'd be like pasting bible verses on a ouija board and saying wow, it's a yeah. it's saying it's a Christian or a holy Ouija board. You just you cannot redeem pagan practices. You can redeem people, and then someone's going to argue. But Paul said that the meat, you know, that you you could eat the meat that was prayed over in the pagan temple. Yeah, but what else did Paul say in that same passage? He said, "I will not eat meat or drink if it would cause a brother to stumble." And Christians going to yoga classes, even if it's so-called holy yoga, can cause a new believer to stumble because they might not know the difference and they might start out at a so-called holy yoga class. And then next thing they're at a secular yoga studio, which is filled with polytheistic statues and images and get sucked into the new age that way. And then we cause that person to stumble through our example. Mm,
0: that's a really good point. Yeah, thank you for touching on yoga. What are some other practices that you see that are creeping into the church as well?
1: Well, I think one of the reasons that women, professing Christian women, do not read the Bible is that they're hooked on devotionals, feel good devotionals. And the number one that is identical to what I was doing in the New Age is is the Jesus Calling series by Sarah Young. Um, I pray for Sarah Young that she repents because she is she's offering another gospel. And what did Paul say in Galatians? That if you teach another gospel, I don't care if it comes from an angel. If it's another gospel, let that person who who gives it be accursed. Um, Sarah Young is heaping on curses on herself. And and anyone who's involved with um, Jesus calling, what they need to do is go to the bottom of each page where she's just got the scripture reference. She doesn't write it out on purpose, I'm sure. Because if you compared um, her, her typical Jesus channeling is saying, oh, you're so wonderful. I love you so much. You're the best person in the world. And then she'll put down there below something like Matthew 118. And people feel safe because they're like, well, she's got Bible verses, but they don't actually go to Matthew 118 and compare. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anyone who thinks that Sarah Young is really sharing the Bible truth They need to get into the Gospels daily. They need to be in the word and compare what Jesus actually said as recorded by his closest disciples, as recorded by eyewitnesses, and compare that to the feel-good, ego-stroking so-called Jesus that Sarah Young is channeling. And if you would go to the first edition of Jesus Calling, you would see that Sarah Young credits a metaphysical New Age book called God Calling. She said in the first edition, she changed it for the second edition because she got in trouble. Um, but the first edition, and I've, I've got a copy here, it says that she was inspired to do automatic writing because she was kind of tired of the Bible. She wanted more than the Bible. That should be a red flag. And yes. so she, she read this book where a guy had channeled God and she wanted to do the same with Jesus. And so she just started you know, asking Jesus questions and then writing out what she imagined he was saying. And wouldn't it be nice if our Lord would just say, oh, you're the best person in the world. And and I, you know, you only you can just all this pablum, And it's no wonder that no one wants to read the Bible, they want to read the feel good stuff, but it's leading them in the wrong direction. We are sinners, Romans 323, all of us. And that's why Jesus died. If we don't know that basic truth of the gospel, then we're following a false gospel. Mm,
0: that's so good. I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's, uh, I've had some, I've definitely had some red flags with Jesus calling for, um, a while now. And, uh, I'm, that's really, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up too. Cause, um, I've had a few questions in my messages about, uh, Jesus calling. Cause I shared something not too long ago, just about how it was one of those things to, uh, Mark and avoid. Um, yes. and thank you for going more into depth on that. And can you, I know that you explained it a little bit. Can you give just kind of a side note, a a little bit more elaboration on what channeling is um, for anyone who is listening, who might not know what that is, and also automatic writing?
1: Yeah. So automatic writing or channeling is when the, the person doing it kind of loses touch with awareness of their surroundings and you lose touch of time and you just give yourself over to the spirit to come through you. And for me, I would actually type out what would come through me, and that's how many of my books were created through that process. Uh, um, and some people will argue with me that that's how the Bible was made, so it's okay. Uh, uh-uh, no, that's that's heretical to say that the Bible mm-hmm. is God-breathed. Second Timothy 3:16, and it's written by over 40 different humans on three mm-hmm. continents, with complete continuity, because it's the Holy Spirit is the author speaking through these humans in unmistakable ways, right? These were mm-hmm. not false prophets. These um, God said in Deuteronomy 18, that if someone is, is claiming to speak for him who was not, that they deserve death, and mm-hmm. they have to be 100% accurate. All the biblical prophets are 100% accurate. And mm-hmm. if you look at them, they all have the same pattern. All the biblical prophets, major and minor, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, they all say, repent and come back to God, come back to God's covenants, repent. Now, the new so-called prophets, which I see in the churches, are they're basically psychics calling themselves mm-hmm. prophets. And so the new prophets, um, what they do, again, like Sarah Young, is they stroke people's egos, telling you uh, they they love to use Esther for, um, you were born for such a time as this. They love to say, oh, you have this special purpose. You're going to meet your soulmate. You're going to get a new car. You're going to get a promotion. None of the biblical prophets ever said that. They they right. never stroked anyone's ego, egos. The other thing we see with biblical prophets is basically everyone hated them because they didn't want yes. to hear the truth. Right. And so they they were all persecuted or killed or... You know tortured where the new so-called prophets are popular and rich and best-selling books. So you just see that discrepancy there with yes. it's not this not the same. We also, mm-hmm. if we just go to Hebrews 1, where scripture, you know, uh interpret scripture, Hebrews 1 says long ago that God spoke to our fathers through his prophets, but in these days God spoke through his son. In me in other words that the prophets stopped with John the Baptist, and that Jesus came in and he said everything that God needed to say. um, You know, I mean, Jesus obviously didn't talk about airplanes or computers, but he talked about people and Mm -hmm. life in a way that's completely applicable to our modern age. And when we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit is right there with us, illuminating the passages that we need to hear that convict us and teach us. Absolutely. And
0: on that note, you know, with we look in Scripture and we see the gift of prophecy in the New mm-hmm. Testament. And so what would you say to someone who, you know, brings up that scripture and say, "Well, well, what about the gifts of prophecy?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, God is God. God can do whatever he wants, obviously. and so i'm I'm a you know, open that there could be a genuine prophet today that could, but I've just never seen one. I mean, mm-hmm. all the prophets they they miss the mark constantly. Mm -hmm. they act nothing like the biblical prophets. So if someone wants to show me a hundred percent accurate prophet who's calling everyone to repent and not stroking egos, I would be open to that, but I haven't seen it.
0: Yes. I'm right there with you. I agree with that. And it has to come to pass. And if you look in the old Testament, when false prophets were false and gave a word that was not from the Lord. I mean, that was the death penalty whenever, whenever they were found to be false prophets, that was a death penalty. And, uh, you know, we don't really see, not that I'm, I'm not wishing death on any, uh, false prophet these days but you know if there was a higher accountability for false prophets we'd probably see a lot less of you know people claiming i have a word for you or um you know this i have this vision from the lord this is you know this prophecy so um thanks for speaking on that and um what I know, there are probably some other practices as yes. well. Like any other practices that yes. are huge that you see in the church?
1: Oh gosh, how long do we have? Um, yeah,
0: the, the other. <laughs> I can make this two-part series if we need to. Uh,
1: the other one that just irks me to no end is the Enneagram, um, and actually the the um, Myers Briggs. If we're right on there, as I mentioned, I have two degrees in psychology from Chapman University and I studied personality tests there and so I do believe that there could be a personality test that's legit like Stanford-Binet for instance it's got a built-in lie detector but the Enneagram has should never be in a church it is it's been miss there's there's so much christian mismarketing false deceptive marketing behind these new age products and so The Enneagram has been falsely marketed as Christian to Christians by people who are not Christians. Um, I have on my Instagram, my YouTube channel, my Facebook page a clip of the man who created the nine Enneotypes. His name is Claudia Naranjo. He admits that he made up a story for marketing that the Enneagram was ancient to make it sound good. And Richard Rohr, who's a false teacher, has popularized that myth and so have some of the others who make a lot of money from teaching Enneagram and selling Enneagram books. Um, the Enneagram is recent. It, it Claudia Naranjo, the creator of the nine Enneatypes, admits openly and publicly, I have it on video, they can see it, that he got the information through the process of automatic writing. Automatic writing, as we mentioned, is opening yourself up to channel spirits. Um, it, it's if you look at first John four, he said, we have to test the spirits. How do you test the spirits to see if they point you to Jesus? Do you, the point, the Enneagram doesn't point us to Jesus. The Enneagram points to self. It's all about self-glorifying. And then people get in arms with me, but it, but it helped my marriage, but it made me understand myself. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you if you're going to say that, who are you? If you're a, if you're born again, what's your identity? If you're born again, your identity is you're a child of God, you've been adopted into the sonship, okay? The Enneagram says your identity is an 8 or a 9 mm-hmm. with a 2 wing. That's your identity, and you get you start to get self-obsessed and you start to notice, "Oh, that's a that's a characteristic of a 1. I hate ones. And this is a characteristic of a 3. And my husband's a 4, and this explains our marriage." That's not biblical. The the biblical premises are all laid out in the Bible. And we don't need to identify ourselves through um, this deceptive program called the Enneagram to find out who we are. Christians should have nothing to do with the Enneagram or the Myers Brig, by the way, that which came through a, a a farm woman. Nothing against farm women. I did farming myself, <laughs> but but you think these these personality tests were from a committee of scientists or psychologists? And and she's just. She's this woman who wanted to understand her daughter and son-in-law, so she studied Carl Young, who was a, um, a, yeah, he was a spiritist, a spiritualist, um, very into channeling spirits, and and he was, you know, very much into psychology and just, and, and these um, types and such. Anyway, so she studied Carl Young, and Myers-Briggs is her name plus her son-in-law's name, And she just wanted to kind of psychoanalyze him. And so now people revel with, am I an extrovert, introvert, you know, my egalitarian or this, and these things seem to work and seem to be accurate, but their source is not from God. And we should be very careful. As you said in the intro, Kristen, the devil mixes in truth with lies. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I can go on and on about this. I mean, there's there's a book called The Medical Medium by a man who said he got his information from a spirit of compassion who chose him specially for this information. And his book to, tells people to eat more organic fruits and vegetables, and they'll be healthy. I mean, hello. that's Everyone knows that fruits and vegetables are healthy, whether we eat them or not is another question. But he mixes in his New Age teachings with this basic Common sense, and a lot yeah. of Christians are using medical medium because it works, right? It, it, you guys, we we can't judge whether something is biblical whether it works or not, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a yeah. there's example after example in the Bible of people um, pinching incense or um, sacrificing to false gods because they thought it brought them crops or or some you know healing. And God condemned that all throughout the Bible and it's still condemned today.
0: Yeah, that's good. And I want to, before moving on, cause I have, uh, I would love to talk about, um, just the experiences that these, you know, these people have had and that you kind of alluded to a little bit. Um, but I want to camp out on the Enneagram for just a minute. And, you know, this is something, and if I'm completely honest, I'm, a, I've been a little nervous to talk about, I've recently, just the, I feel like the Holy Spirit has started to convict me about it because I've started to learn. Oh, like the actual origins of it, how it came about, uh, really the true history of it. Because I also thought that it was an ancient practice. I thought that you know it had been around for centuries and that, or you know, for like millennia. I thought it'd been around for so long, and it was these ancient practices, and it could help us. You know, I I I bought into all that. If I'm so, you know, I guess it's. It's to admit, you know, like I, w- I was definitely deceived by the Enneagram and I mean, I showered it from the rooftops. I was like, I'm a seven and this is my, you know, seven yeah. and all that. And, you know, I, I've had to repent to the Lord and this is something I've just been recently, you know, going to the word and reading and studying and asking God for wisdom on, um, before I've kind of like said anything, you know, about it. Um, because I have told people, I'm like, you need to take the Enneagram. I want to know what number you are. What number are you? And um, so this is a recent, um, I guess, conviction. And so, and there are people that I love so dearly that, you know, um, see nothing wrong with Enneagram. And, um, and I've even wrestled through some of these questions of you know, like what's redeemable and, you know, and what should Christians avoid because, you know, and having conversations about the Enneagram, you know, I've heard, um, and, and I have myself have used these phrases of, well, I'm not using it like that. Or, you know, if you, but if you use it in a gospel centered way or, uh, you know, that's not my heart behind it. Like my heart, my heart is, you know, in the right spot using it, or it's a tool that can help us. It's how you use it. So, um, so, you know, this is, it's obviously a really touchy subject because, you know, like I said, I have uh, so many people that I love so dearly who, um, are you know into the enneagram who have taken it who you know believe in it and um like i said this is something that's just you know the, i feel like the lord has started started to recently kind of open my eyes to so you know what would you say to believers who are are wondering about the enneagram who have the questions of Well, isn't it just a tool to be used? Or if I use the Enneagram, you know, well, or if you, if you don't use the Enneagram, well, you don't need to celebrate Christmas either. And it just basically the whole, um, I I guess all of the justifications and the arguments that are used in favor of using it in a Christian setting. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, people are arguing to me too, all the time. So I, I understand what you're saying. Um, they'll say God knows my heart, and what I say is you should be terrified that God knows your heart. You know that should that should cause you to fear because God knows all the secrets of our hearts, and He knows if we're being selfish and rebellious and such, or we're being obedient and submissive. So that's not a good excuse. The other one is to circle back to you could cause a brother to stumble, and and so you might say, well, I can do the Enneagram, but. If someone gets into the Enneagram, they're going to be introduced to false teachers like Richard Rohr and and Susan Sibyl and others who mix in new age lies with maybe some Bible verses. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to cause someone to stumble like that. The other thing is, um, why do you need to know who you are through some external source when the Bible and the Holy Spirit will help you to know who you are? You know, if you've got something unsettled in your heart, go like David to God and pour out your heart to God, like the psalmist did, and ask God to purify your heart. Ask God to help you to have wisdom, which we are commanded to do. We don't need to go through um, something that came from demons, which is what automatic writing is. It's opening yourself up to demons, fallen angels, when the Bible says that you cannot drink of the cup of demons and drink from the cup of the Lord. You just can't do it. So. It's rebellious to use the Enneagram and there's just no way to redeem it at all. It's just, Mm -hmm. we don't need it and we need to repent for using it. And even if someone goes through withdrawal symptoms, because they're addicted to it, which I think a lot of new age things are addictive, they ask the Lord to help you through that withdrawal. Yeah,
0: that's really good. That's a really good uh you know, way to, that's a really good point to speak into that. Um, that is, you know, uh, like I said, it's still kind of a a topic that I'm starting to sort through and see through what it really is and trying to figure out how to have those conversations, how to talk about those. You know, I think a lot of times it's, you know, met with, oh, well, that's just legalistic or yep. that yep. is. Let's, let's
1: stop right there. Okay. Okay, because a lot of people use that term legalism or pharisaical, mm-hmm. um, and they don't know what they're talking about. So what does legalism mean? Legalism, the definition means that you're saying you're saved by your works. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying that you're saved by your works. No Christian, no Protestant should ever say that, right? Right. The, the opposite of that is antinomianism, which is the other ditch that you could fall in where you say that there are no laws, that we have Christian freedom to do whatever we want, and neither of those are true. There's you're not saved by your works, and there are laws. We are still, Jesus said that he came to fulfill the laws, he didn't come to abolish them. We're still under the moral laws, the Ten Commandments today. We're not under the Mm -hmm. ceremonial laws of you know, shellfish and linen and all that, but we are under the Ten Commandments. And the first one, he said, Jesus said it's the most important one you should love the God, love God with all your heart and your mind, and your body, and your soul, right? And so what does that mean to love God? When you really tease out the Hebrew of it, it means to trust God, which Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 commands. We are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. So that means we're not to lean on our own understanding, doesn't it? And that what Proverbs 3 says, do not lean on your own understanding. And when we're using these man-made, demon-made tools, We're leaning on our own understanding. We're trying to create our own gospel. We're trying to create our own blend of Christianity. I did that for years in the New Age. I thought I was a Christian. I thought, well, I can just add a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I used to even teach people that it was like a spiritual buffet. You could take Mm. this and this and this and kind of make your own platter. Christianity doesn't work like that. Christianity is a narrow path with a narrow gate, Mm. and Mm -hmm. we we need to fear the Lord and be obedient. That's so good. That reminds me of um one of
0: my favorite sermons of all time by Paul Washer, which is one of my favorite preachers of all time. Yes. Um his that shocking message on yes. YouTube um which I will uh I have shared on my Instagram so many times. Um but where he talks about the narrow path. It is so narrow and there are so many that will come into the you know that will meet God on judgment day and say, "But we prophesied in your name and we did all these things in your name." And he'll say, depart from me for I never knew you. And it's a repentance and belief. It's, it's repenting from our sin, believing that Jesus Christ is Lord, because even the demons believe that Jesus is Lord, but there is not a repentance. There is not, um, you know, God has not saved the demons souls. Right. right. And so there is a definite distinction there. Um, and so I think we just have, you know, that there, there, Between generations and cultures, the pendulum swings so much. And we were here and then we swing all the way over here and, and we miss it completely both ways. And so, and my husband and I talk about this pretty often is that the pendulum has swung so far to the grace side. Now, hear me when I say this is that grace, I mean, if it were not for grace, we would not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It is because of God's mercy, because of God's grace that we are even able to take our next breath. But But within church culture, you see like this pendulum that has swung all the way over to the side where, um, there's just justification for a lot of things that the Bible does not permit. There's a lot of twisting of scripture, um, all for the sake of freedom in Christ. Um, and as my mom says, like it's, you know, you wave the freedom in Christ banner, um, while, um, partaking in things that are not biblical. And, um, now we do have freedom in Christ and praise be to God that we do have freedom. Um, however, it is not, uh, it is not freedom to justify sin. It's not freedom to justify, um, living, just however we want or justifying what we want um and i think that that's so much we just forget that god is a holy god and god is a is is righteous and we are sinners in the presence of a like a holy god we are sinners And he calls us to a life of holiness and a life that is set apart. And that means looking very, very different from the world. And not that, you know, we look at the world and we say, well, I'm just going to do the opposite. It's, we look at God, we obey his word. And when we're obeying his word and following in his commands, we are going to look different than the world. Um, But I think our culture, our generation has just lost sight of what it, means you know to live holy, to live set apart. Um and I think a lot of this, you know, that we're talking about kind of goes along with that is because it's oh well I can dabble in this and you know there's grace and I can dabble in that and you know freedom in Christ. And um anyway that's a that might be a whole entire other
1: (laughs) well it's yeah no I hear those arguments from people all the time and you know you can argue those to God at judgment day and see how it goes. But the the if you look at the Bible, what the Bible defines Christian freedom is, is, is really different than the, you know, the mass definition. So the biblical definition of freedom in Christ is that once we're saved, we have the freedom to not sin. Before we were saved, we had hard hearts. We, we were rebellious against God. And we had no choice but to sin. Now we have a choice not to sin. So the freedom in Christ is twisted to say that, oh, I can go to do whatever I want. It doesn't say that. It says mm-hmm. that now you have the choice not to sin. So it's even more putting us under the microscope. And again, it goes back to the Ten Commandments. That's our litmus test. Um, the New Age, it's really interesting, Christian. A lot of the different practices that are creeping in the church, they violate commandment two which were to have no idols. Okay. So, I mean, commandment two, we always think of, it has to do with statues of, you know, trying to have a statue of something you worship, but it's an idol really is anything that we have on the throne of our heart, isn't it? It's anything Mm -hmm. that we see as having special power apart from God. So the, what we want to do is when we're trying to figure out, okay, is this okay or not? Is this according to God's will is pray for wisdom, talk to a mature Christian you know, an elder at your church, a Titus 2 woman at your church, and ask them, is this idolatry, and pray over it together, and really um, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if it's an idol. The idols I see creeping into the church are um, Young Living Essential Oils, which is a new age company that sometimes tries to market to Christians by saying, oh, look, Mm -hmm. we have Bible oils, oils of the Bible. But then mm-hmm. they also say, but we have Zodiac, astrology oils, and we have this little bottle that you, if you burn it, it'll attract abundance for you and such. So I see women twisting, and I, I did this before I was saved and started studying the Bible and saying, well, there's oils in the Bible, so it's okay. But when we look at the oils in the Bible, they're still... And they are used as God directs. They're not used apart from God. Where the oils today are essential oils and people believe they have their own special power. Um, We have to be careful of idolatry and just really be honest with the Holy Spirit about that. Um, I use oils for cleaning and, you know, everyone knows that lavender, if you inhale it, it can help relax you. It's been scientifically shown. But I would never, ever say that if I blend oils, I could have more money, which is a lot of what the new age practices say. So be careful yeah. of idolatry with crystals. Same with crystals. God made crystals. Um, crystals are beautiful. There's crystals in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But if you think a crystal has special magical power apart from God, that's idolatry. And you we can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you for touching on that. Um, And, and young
0: living could also be another podcast episode. Um, I I used to use young living oils. I mean, I still have some on our shelf, but just recently um, I saw a girl who I follow um, who was within the company and she started showing um, the book that they had sent out. I think it's called my word made flesh Um, and just the, I mean, slap in the face of God, blasphemy. Enemies, new age all over it, steeped in demonic language and practices, like, you know, calling ourselves. I am like, I am, you know, and fill in the blank while using certain oils and claiming they heal stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never buying from this company again. And that's, and I mean, that's huge. Like that's a, that's a big thing. But at the same time, like you were saying, I, we have essential oils in our home because They help with ear infections and they help with, you know, relaxation. Um, But that's such a good point that you, um, that you add and that you share is that is, is it idolatry? Are we putting it in place of. I mean, you know God's power. Like, are we looking to this little bottle of oil of the creation? Like you mentioned earlier, the scripture is, you know, they they worshipped the creation rather than the creator. Is are we worshiping this creation that God created? The herbs, the plants that we get these oils from, are we worshiping that? Are we looking for that to be healing? right and, and and placing that in in, in uh, the place of God. Uh, that is such a good point because. Um, you know, those are in crystals, like you said, are God's creation as well. Um, Okay. I want to shift gears a little bit uh, and just talk about um, experiences. And I've heard you share on a couple of podcasts and it was like cultish. That was one of the podcasts that I heard you talk about this on, but um, is that in the new age, and even uh, apart from the Holy Spirit, people have these real experiences, um, whether it be within a church teaching heresies or whether it be in new age, you know, and I want people to understand that you don't have to consider yourself a part of the new age to have these uh, real experiences with other than Holy Spirit spirits. Um, so you know, uh, experiences of healing. I've heard you talk about in your church growing up, you saw healings. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? About um how people do have experiences and then they're like, well, this is the real thing. Um, but there's a whole dark power side as well that's not mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit that we've got to be cautioned against.
1: Amen. Yeah. Well, let's start at Second Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 and 15, really. Um, that Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and mm-hmm. so so do his workers. Okay, so so there's this appearance that um, it's God, and of course Jesus warned about. In there'd be false Christ's, there'd be um, false prophets. So we have all these warning signs, but we also know that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity, and He's fully God. He's he's co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. So the Holy Spirit is a person, not an energy. Um, We also know that when you're born again, the Holy Spirit indwells a believer. Okay, so he's there. We -hmm. don't need to sing a song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We don't need to do that. That's, you know, it sounds, it's a pretty song, but the Holy Spirit is God. So he's got this. Um, And and so when people, I had an experience, I had that big experience with the Holy Spirit on, in January, 2017, when the veil was lifted and I had the epiphany, which seems so basic to Christians, but to me, it was a revelation of the gospel truth. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it changed my whole life in that one moment, January 7th, yeah. 2017. It was just like, I went from thinking the Bible was just tampered with by the Roman Catholic Church and Jesus was a good role model I had all those thoughts about him and in that one moment I I knew he was the son of God and I knew he had died for our sins it just that was the Holy Spirit doing that with me that was supernatural wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. and no one was saying that at that moment it was just revealed okay so I definitely believe the Holy Spirit does everything Jesus talked about he's the comforter he's mm-hmm. the teacher uh, he's he, is, he illuminates scripture. He's the author of scripture. He raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, all the things the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, did he? The Holy Spirit's in the Old Testament hovering around the earth creation and creation in Genesis and hovering around people like uh, we see him with, with Saul, the king. Um, and then we see, of course, Pentecost with the tongues of fire and such. So, the thing is, when people start to say that you're not saved unless you have um, speak in tongues, I mean that's not biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, when people put more emphasis on holy the Holy Spirit experiences than they do on Jesus and mm-hmm. the gospel, that's where we run into trouble. So again, it goes back to we all need to be reading the Bible every single day. Read the whole Bible, not just the epistles, not just the gospels. We've got to start in Genesis and work through the challenging books of Leviticus and Numbers and Judges. Mm-hmm. They're they're horrible in, in, in the sense of they're not pleasant. But when I'm listening to those books or reading them, because we do both at our house, it's like a meat grinder grinding away my pride and humbling mm-hmm. me. And we mm-hmm. I think we could all admit we need to be humbled. Yes. And it, it just shows you who God is even when it's things that we don't want to hear, like animal sacrifice and rape and incest and all that. It's horrible stuff Mm -hmm. in there. But the whole point is that because of man's um, sinfulness and turning away from God and trying to be his own God, all these horrible things happen. All this evil happens. And so the promise of Genesis 3.15, that the seed of of Eve, the seed that God um, promises that will um, crush Satan. Will appear, and so the whole Bible is pointing to Jesus the whole through, all the whole way through, um, that Jesus is the Redeemer, the Savior, the Messiah, and it just mm-hmm. takes hundreds of years to get there. So, but we have—it's all purposeful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We have yes. to—we have to go through the history of what horrible things happen when we try to be our own God, and then we have to pray that we don't do that. Mm.
0: That's so good. And there's, and so much of what, you know, I've, I've seen, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, just to clarify, I don't want to pretend like I'm on some high holy horse, like, oh, I've never done any of this stuff, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but, you know, through, through looking at scripture and And just, you know, asking the Holy spirit to give me discernment and wisdom and just guide me in his truth, because I mean, it is easy to get sucked in. I mean, there's, and I've told, I was telling my husband last night, like there are speakers and, um, I guess, quote unquote, Bible teachers that I used to listen to and love and recommend that now I think I cannot believe that I recommended them. You know, it's God has just continued to grow me and, and just open my eyes to the truth of his word because it is so almost truth, which I think it's Spurgeon that says uh, discernment is not knowing right from wrong. It's knowing right from almost right. And there's, there are so many things that, and especially in the past couple of years that, um, have taken some serious fine tune. I mean, like, uh, you know, like a, like a fine tooth comb discernment to, uh, comb through and figure out, is this is this biblical? And the more that you look into it, the more you realize, oh, that's not biblical. And one of the things that I've seen so much is, um, is, uh, the whole, you know, you're enough, uh, oh, this whole, yeah. um, you know, just this, uh, this, 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 preaching this message within Christian circles, within Christian culture of just the idolatry of self of, um, the, uh, and, and I don't know if anyone would dare call it that, um, you know, (laughs) at face value, but, you know, really that's what it is. It's just this whole twisting of the scriptures and making it about us. And, and even with the whole, you know, NAR movement of, uh, just the, um, the, the idol of experience, the, you know, you're going to have a breakthrough and all of the, you know, what, what would you say to that, uh, creeping yeah. in the church of the idolatry of self, this, you know, word of faith, this, um, meology in, you oh, know, yeah. worship music as well. Um, and that's, that's, that's a real big, um, thing that I've noticed and I've been, a lot more aware of lately is what i'll say.
1: Good for you. I'm really glad that you're teaching this, Kristen. Thank you. Um because I'm old and I'm and I'm depending on people of your age group to continue sharing the true gospel. So that that's very encouraging. Um anytime we take our eyes off Jesus, we get in trouble. Anytime we take Sorry. our eyes off the mm-hmm. cross, we are in trouble. And so how does the devil have us do that by putting the focus on ourselves, me-centered Uh, theology. And that's what psychology is about. That's what new age is about. The new age teaches positive affirmations because most people in the new age have been traumatized, abused, abandoned, have Mm -hmm. what you would call low self-esteem. And so they're trying to feel better about themselves by looking in a mirror and saying love messages to themselves. Okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. all of us have been traumatized these past few years by world traumas. I mean, they've been horrible, And Mm -hmm. so all of us are, you know, kind of on shaky grounds. Will the world continue? You know, when's the end of the world? All these kind of morbid thoughts you have daily now. And how do you deal with that? You can either turn to yourself with the self messages of believe in yourself, trust yourself, follow your dreams, follow your heart. And I can tell you, I'm 63 years old. I'm going to turn 64 in a couple, uh, like a month. Um, Happy early birthday. Thank you. (laughs) I was, I was raised with believe in yourself and it works to a degree. I mean, I became super successful. I was the top selling author in the new age, had a 50 acre ranch, you know, everything material you could want, designer clothes, some, you know, seem like friends, fancy everything, but it's, it, there was no fulfillment and I was still seeking. So following your dreams, following your heart, following yourself does not work. Um, Jeremiah 17, 9, um, the, don't you know, the heart is deceitful. The, we, Calvin said that the heart is an idol factory. We have to be really careful about following our heart. And how do we not follow our heart? James says that we pray for wisdom. And where do we find that wisdom? In God's word, through mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So um, that focus on self gets doesn't get you what you think it's going to get you. Um, I had, like I said, I think I, you know, back then it seemed like I had it all I would walk into sold out workshops and get standing ovations, people would stand in line for two to three hours to get my autograph. And I would be picked up at a limousine to go to a penthouse suite at the Ritz Carlton, and then be flown first class to home. Okay, yeah. so I mean, that, and people would probably look at that and go, "Oh, I want that. But I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I was still seeking. I was empty. I'd go back to the hotel room and I'd be sitting there going, "Now what?" Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and so the only path to peace that I've ever found, after doing everything that the New Age teaches, I I would clear my chakras. I would do yoga every day. I would watch out for Mercury retrograde. I had my crystals cleansed. I would do all the New Age checklist, and and it doesn't work. It might give you peace for an hour, <laughs> most, yeah. but mm-hmm. but Jesus he's always available. He's with us always. And whenever I'm upset now, I pray and I tell God everything that's in my heart. And that's the only thing I've ever found to relieve stress, to really bring fulfillment. Mm, That's so good. And we are so quick to go to,
0: um, external, let me be careful with how I phrase this. Uh, we are so quick to go to external, um, fixes external, Mm -hmm. um, you know, oh, this will heal you, or this will do X, Y, and Z for you. When God has given us all that we need for life and godliness in this, in scripture. And, you know, if we are struggling with X, Y, and Z, the Bible has already told us what to do, like how to live, and what to do. And, and with, uh, keeping our minds stayed on Christ, keeping, you know, uh, hiding his word in our heart to um, meditate on his word day and night, not to meditate in the way that the enemy rips it from from the scripture and meditate by clearing your mind and yada, yada, yada. Cause you know, he's, he's not creative. The enemy's not creative. No. He's such a master imitator and he sells such cheap imitation of what God offers, and God offers what will truly satisfy, and the the life that will bring peace—you know, inner peace and joy—not not happy circumstances all the time, but the peace of God that passes all understanding. And the enemy is just so sly and. just gross and brings that cheap imitation. But when we go to scripture and we find how do we live? Like, how do we, you know, how do we deal with anxiety? How do we deal with, um, uh, you know, lack of trust in the Lord and scripture lays it out right there. And, and when, like you said earlier is we have to get into the word because the devil would love for us to just be ignorant, you know, biblically illiterate, because that's where he can sell us those lies mixed with truth that are ultimately lies, because if the truth has any bit of lie in it, it's not the truth. And so that's good to practice discernment is, you know, being in scripture, being in the word, knowing what it says, um, and being able to point out those lies whenever Satan brings them, you know, and, and tries to throw them our way. Um, and so, okay. So as we kind of get closer to wrapping up, um, not entirely yet, but, you know, I I've seen, and, um, I've even had these thoughts before, um, but is there, I I think there can be kind of this attitude sometimes like this nonchalant attitude towards, um, um, these certain either practices or just the way that we live. And I think it can maybe fall under the, oh, well, there's so much grace banner. Um, There's a lot of nonchalant uh, or, or just maybe head in the sand. I don't really know how to say it, uh, uh, but is, uh, why is this important for Christians to be aware of? Why is it important for Christians to, um, know about these certain practices to know uh what you know kind of what the enemy is up to um because i think it's easy for us to just kind of say oh well that's not really that big of a deal or you know i've heard like the oh well you're making that too big of a deal or it's really not that big of a deal um you know you can use it in in a in a better way is, is why is it important for christians to care about and uh, and take caution with these sorts of topics.
1: Well, I mean, it goes back to Genesis three, doesn't it? Where the serpent said, but did God really mean that? Did God really say that? And so that's the same thing. If you say it doesn't really matter, Mm -hmm. it, it does matter. It, uh, God's laws matter. God is our creator. I mean, the book of Job really convicted me, Kristen, Um, I was all about the new age beliefs that you could co-create with God, that you could use the law of attraction to manifest whatever you wanted. And, you know, just it's witchcraft, right? But Mm -hmm. then I read read the book of Job, but particularly the end part where God is talking to Job and and in essence says, Job, where were you when I created the oceans? Where were you when I put the stars in the sky? Where were you when I, and and I was reading that I was so necessarily humbled that, oh, God, gosh, I can't speak the universe into existence with my word. I didn't create the ocean. I, you know, I'm, I'm a creation. I'm not the creator. And that's what we need to go back to is, is that we are all going to stand before our holy creator. And we're all going to have to have make, we have to account for our life. And the only way to not account for your life is to abide in Christ and Mm -hmm. to be saved. But as you said, and I love that, that passage um, where people will go to Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And he he said, away from me, you workers of inequity. I never knew you. So there's some people who are following a false Jesus and the false Jesus always says the same thing. He always says, just be happy, just be positive, Mm -hmm. do whatever you want. Enjoy this life. Just enjoy yourself. And if someone's following that false Jesus, they need to study the, the words of Jesus, which is the whole Bible, but particularly the gospel, and just really study our Lord and Savior and compare it to who you think you've been following. Are you following the Jesus of Jesus calling, who's mm-hmm. this feel-good, wish-granting genie? Are you following the New Age Jesus, who's an ascended master who supposedly works with Krishna and Buddha and Kuan Yin in the sky to grant your wishes, or are you following our Lord and Savior Jesus, who would call us to repent, and mm. and if we read just the Sermon on the Mount, just just read that part and and look at what he says. I mean, all of us fall short. I fall short. I was one of like Paul said, one of the chief of sinners before I was saved and I still sin, but not consciously, not purposely. And if I find myself in sin, the Holy spirit convicts us. I'm on my knees apologizing and repenting and Mm -hmm. praying that tomorrow I do better. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just, we can't trivialize this. We can't say, Oh, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. That's quoting the serpent in Genesis three. Yes. That's, Oh, I
0: love what you said. I love that you brought up that, um, the Genesis three and and to remember that nothing is neutral. And you know, I, I think it's I've gotten so many, you know, comments and messages of like, oh, well, you're over spiritualizing that or you're, you know, making that too big of a deal, or you know, it's not really whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But when we remember and we have the lens that nothing is neutral, it it does add such great importance to these these topics to, you know, what we watch, what we listen to, what we read, what we practice, what we believe is because the enemy is going to come in in any way that he can. And it's not going to be with, you know, a pitchfork and red horns and like, you know, I'm here to lead you astray. It's, you know, disguised as an angel of light of, oh, that looks really, you know, similar. like That looks really true. Or, oh, those I've heard those words in the Bible before, so it must be biblical. It must be true. Um, But practicing that discernment. And so, you know, to the audience, uh, to answer that question of how do we as Christians practice discernment, how do we have discernment? And the number one thing is to be in the word, to be in the word, to know what it says. My parents, I'm so thankful that I, my parents raised me in a Christian household um, which I know that not everyone has that experience and so I'm thankful for for to God for the for being raised in a Christian household and my parents have always told me that that to to test or to uh, to spot a counterfeit dollar, The uh, you don't study the counterfeit because the counterfeit changes all the time, they find new ways to make counterfeit anything. Um, you study the real thing and you scrutinize it. I mean, you study every you know square inch of it, and to know the real thing is how you spot a counterfeit. And I've just always it's such a simple example, yeah, but it's just so um, it's so practical, it's so such a good reminder is that you know, we can start to get fixated on all these other things. Um, but until we really focus in and we learn the word of God, we ask the Holy spirit, Holy spirit, lead me and guide me in your truth. Um, open my eyes to what your word says. Um, you know, show me what is in my heart that is not pleasing to you. When we start to study the word, we can, uh, more easily. Now some things are still, you know, some things still take time to discern against. Some things still take still take time to, you know, unfold and and to see, oh yeah, I've been watching that for a while. And that's definitely not biblical. Um and and so, you know, as as Christians, what what we can do to practice discernment is to know the real thing. And then also it's important to know what else is out there um, and test it against the scriptures. Test everything against scripture. Does this line up in every single area, you know, of scripture, does it, does it go against or go fall in line with the word of God? Um, and so, okay. So to actually start to wrap up, um, <laughs> I could, I could talk to you for like another yeah, like, three hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay. So this is a question that's been on my mind a lot, specifically regarding, you know, things like the Enneagram or, yoga or, uh, I mean, just any kind of practices that don't fall in line with scripture. Um, and, you know, even, even things like, you know, I've, I've heard, and now I have not looked into the origins of Christmas and all that. I haven't, that's, you know, an entire, that's a different topic right now, but, you know, just even, even all of the things that is, is out there. Um, this question has just been swirling in my head is okay. So as Christians, you know, what's redeemable and what do we avoid entirely? Because I told my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, like we just need to like live under a rock almost because it seems like everything, (laughs) you know, can have some traces of something or another and something is, you know, can have this element in it and this and this and this is where do we, you know, where do we how do we live in this world as Christians? And, you know, still, you know, what do we partake in? What do we, what can we seek to redeem and what should we avoid entirely?
1: Yeah. Great questions. And we don't need to be afraid. Um, The Bible is really clear. And this was a revolution revelation to me is that the Bible doesn't teach us how to be happy. It teaches us how to be holy and conform to God's son right? Mm-hmm. And so if you really go into Peter's epistles, um, it really talks about, um, for women particularly, about how to be conformed and um, what to do in your marriage and and all that. I mean, it's all outlined in the Bible. And we just need to be uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. If we have soft, teachable hearts, which we can pray for, I love Psalm 139, you know, show me, God, if I've offended you in any way. Make that your prayer. Teach me, Lord, your ways. Um, And and so with soft, teachable hearts, the Holy Spirit will be able to convict us and steer us in another direction, away from idolatry, and then we can repent Mm -hmm. and move on our way. But I don't, you know, like with Christmas, there's things that are obvious that we wouldn't want to get involved in, but we do want to celebrate Jesus's birth, even if he wasn't born on December 25th. I mean, it's right. a good idea to celebrate Jesus. Um, I would never, ever participate in anything Halloween again as a Christian. I think that even fall festivals, we have to be really careful with um, just don't, don't have participate with anything that's of darkness. Ephesians 5, 11, Um, Easter, same thing. You know, it's not about the the bunny. It's about the lamb. So just make it about Jesus and you're going to be safe. (laughs) You know, I mean, you can really twist yourself and get afraid and that's not what God is calling us to do. How many times did Jesus say, fear not? You know, Mm -hmm. he just said, have faith. So have faith in Jesus and make sure your heart is soft and teachable. Because then the Holy Spirit will be able to say, hey, no, wrong, wrong way. Go this way.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's so good. That's um, and if I could add one thing that has really helped um, a lot is something that I've had to learn the hard way that the Lord has disciplined and corrected in me and continued to teach me is, you know, to, to fellow believers is be very slow to jump on to well, probably hard, like rarely ever jump on bandwagons, but be very slow to jump into things. Like I said, I have learned this the hard way so many times. And there are so many things that I jumped into so early. And I look back and I think, Ooh, like, you know, I kind of cringe at it thinking, wow, I can't believe that I even had that, you know, mindset or I was a, I supported that or I was a part of that. Um, is be very slow um, to, uh, to jump into something or to, and, and it's always a good litmus test to see who is supporting it and who yes. is championing a cause. You know, if, if you've got a bunch of celebrities that are not believers and a bunch of people of, you know, who do not follow scripture that are championing this cause it's, it's probably not of Christ most mm. likely because the world is in stark opposition to the things of God. Um, and so I, I would just, something that has helped a ton is just being slow to even to speak, even to speak out on, you know, hot topics on, you know, be slow to pray and ask God for discernment and, and also listen to those red flags that you have those cautions. Um, you know, there, there have been certain topics, even certain teachers that I've listened to and, and I've just had like, you know, kind of a, a caution towards it. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll I'll take that caution and I'll submit it to Christ and I'll just start, you know, looking into some of their other stuff or list, looking into it further and just kind of see what it's more about. And usually when the Holy Spirit, when there's a caution um the Holy Spirit begins to reveal more and more, and I see more and more of what this person has been teaching, what this person believes, et cetera, et cetera, you know, information comes out. Um, and you, and you, you learn it. It's just wisdom and waiting. Sometimes yeah. there's just wisdom and taking those cautions and submitting them to the Lord, rather than just like jumping on these bandwagons and, you know, just kicking it into high gear.
1: It's very wise. I think that's exactly what we need to do is, um, really take our time like you did to investigate and research is uh, spot on. And the main thing, of course, to be a Berean and to compare everything to scripture
0: Mm -hmm. That's so good. Well, Doreen, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell everyone where they can find you and
1: uh, what you're doing these days? Sure, absolutely. Well, they can find me on Instagram. Um, I just I'm there every single day answering as many letters as I can. Um, I just ask that people are nice if they disagree with me, there's a nice way to disagree. And uh, you can send me an Instagram message there. And I'll do my best to write you back. I'm the only one who reads them. So they're personal and confidential. And and uh, I just pray that anyone who's been touched by New Age deception, uh, anyone who has ears to hear, would turn away from it and turn to Jesus on the cross. That's so good. So you're on
0: Instagram, and then also are you on You're on YouTube, and then you have yeah. your website as well. I'll include those yeah. in the show notes. Okay. As well. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll include your Instagram and your YouTube and your website on. um, on the show notes so people can find you. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that, uh, the Lord brought our, crossed our paths yeah. and that the Lord has radically saved you and you. Uh, has radically saved me as well out of my sin and being dead in my sin. And just so thankful to be a sister in Christ to you. And I pray that this, um, episode just, uh, that the Lord uses this episode to, um, to open eyes to his truth um, and to to lead other brothers and sisters in Christ um, to the truth of God's word and to be deceived no more, which is uh, oh, Dorian's book as well as uh, she has a book out called Deceived No More. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and how, where how... can...
1: Sorry, um, it, it's called deceive no more. Um, Thomas Nelson published it. It's how Jesus led me out of the new Age and into his word. I mean, it's a couple years old now and my theology has definitely been refined since then, but it kind of gives the big picture of what happened. And one of the reasons I like the book is the, the end section has new age jargon, like a big reference section to watch out for the buzzwords like vibes and such. And, you know, mm-hmm. just stay away from those buzzwords. That's really good.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining today. And thank you all for listening today. And if you like this episode, share it and write a review. That would be so helpful and so great. I'm very thankful for you all. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.